Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the MCU heroes are just regular people who use the internet and like surprises. Ant-Man and the Wasp has begun production. Spider-Man Homecoming passes 600 million worldwide and The Defenders releases in two weeks. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. What is happening, Jeff? Man. It's a new week, new cast. It is. We're that much closer to the Defenders. That's, That's all right, I can say. Man. How, That's many, all it is. how many days? It is. It's happening in two weeks. Uh, from date of recording, it'll be 15 days. So Dang. I guess date of release, it'll be 14. That's awesome. So We need to start talking about how we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> I, I think I've actually got a good bit of availability that week, so we should actually be able to knock them out like we like, we like to do. Like we like. Like we like. And there's only going to be eight episodes, so it's going to be... Um, it's it's going to be easier to, to just, like, do it. You know, yeah. just throw down and do it. Throw down. And our Patreons, our patrons will get, like, access immediately. So that'll be cool. That'll actually yeah. be, like, we always talk about early access for the patrons. Uh, th- this will actually be a great chance. If, if you're binging this show and you become a patron, you will get access to our... Um, like all the all the defenders immediately as soon as we can get them recorded so you know we'll, we'll, we're gonna try like on the first or second day of the thing to like knock out all eight <laughs> so uh you guys can you guys can be down on that with us um anyway yeah so t- let's talk some news my friend let's let's talk some news so <laughs> the first thing I said in the rundown is that the MCU heroes are just regular people who use the internet and like surprises. That's kind of a combination thing. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson actually found out about being in the Captain Marvel film with both of his eyes as Nick Fury, like still two eyes. Oh, he found yeah? that out via online sources, like oh, reading that's about funny. it online. He just he had not been told about it or <laughs> consulted at all. <laughs> So he found out the way that everybody else did, and um, that's really funny. That's yeah, it was really funny. He was he had uh, he had an interview with Fandango, is where that came out or where that was was released, and um, in it he talked about whenever he was first filming for Nick Fury, and how he couldn't remember some of his or all of his lines on the first day <laughs> because. For some reason, the eye patch was holding him back, so he had to start memorizing his lines with one eye. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he was like writing them on his hand, but it just happened to be the opposite <laughs> hand. He kept being like, dang it, I gotta start writing them on the right hand from now on. <laughs> How does Fury see this hand? <laughs> he turns. Uh, so... <laughs> So that's that's a that's a thing. The other part of it uh, is the surprises. Dave Bautista, Drax the Destroyer, is not the only one to not have read the entire Avengers: Infinity War script. Uh, I'm sorry, Tom Holland's not the only one. Dave Bautista also did not read the no, entire that's script. Funny. He's, is he because, not allowed? No, no. It's not that he's not allowed. He chose not to. He chose not to last week because. We- Last week we were talking wanted, about Tom Holland not being allowed to, is what I why Right, I right. Tom Holland is just 
he spoils things and Dave Bautista wants to not be spoiled. I, lo- I love that. To- I love that just like Iron Man is keeping him with the training wheels protocol in the movies, like in real life, they have Tom Holland <laughs> on like training wheels protocol for being a T a movie Avenger for the scripts. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. So on, uh, on Twitter, Dave Bautista said that he chose not to read it. He said, God's honest truth. I want to sit there with my bucket of popcorn and bag of M&Ms and be surprised. That's awesome. Yep. Hashtag fanboy. And then the, the uh, response. So, he, you know, he's, he's one of those people that's just like you, who doesn't seek out any kind of spoilers and wants to be surprised. The Avengers are people, too. <laughs> you say that, but they are heroes. <laughs> they can't be just people. By the way, um, one of our, one of our uh, people that asked a question tonight asked about Age of Ultron, so I actually went on and watched the last 30 minutes of Age of Ultron, trying to get some, uh, some trying to figure something out, and that movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, and I feel like the, it, it kind of got panned a little bit, like, we, I, I think I've only seen it twice all the way through, um, and I definitely, it was not my favorite, uh, I remember I, I really liked Civil War more, and I really liked Avengers 1 more, but man, rewatching it. That's such a fun and good movie. I don't know why I didn't love it more back when it first came out. Look, looking back, like, just... I, I think it's mostly because of all the controversy with Joss Whedon. Like, you have a tendency to let that kind of thing color your judgment of a film. Same thing with Ant-Man. I don't, I don't agree with that. I really, I really don't think that I let... Because uh, that's the thing, I love Joss Whedon so much, and I feel like I really wanted to love that movie. And I just, it just didn't resonate with me at the time as well. And I, I, I don't know why. Uh, but I, watching it today, I was just like, man, this is good. Uh, and some of those. <laughs> it is good. Some of the amazing action sequences in it. Um, some of the Sokovia stuff. There's just such a complex splash pages all over the screen. I just loved it. Yeah. That just, movie just was awesome. That movie was quite the spectacle. Yeah, for real. We need to go back and rewatch it. With, yeah, like we need to do an episode of rewatching it. Let's do commentary. Let's do let's do Twitch stream live commentary as we watch it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to be more opposed to that. All yeah, right, I like uh, it. <laughs> we're going to get feedback on that. People be like, yeah, or some people being like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, probably more of that. Just <laughs> so, um, well, if you. I don't know. If you go and rewatch Ant-Man, you might like it more. But we're going to get a chance to see what Peyton Reed can do by himself, you know, with obviously with writers, but just just uh, his own vision in the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp, which right. has begun production. Which I feel like he was, I mean, he started out directing the film. He came on kind of late in the pre-production phase, but he was there for the full production. Yeah, but Edgar Wright was the was one of the chief writers. Like he got a a big writing credit. Sure, but in this case, I think there'll be other writers as well. I, I wonder if yeah, Peyton Reed yeah. is helping write it. I think he is. Okay, if I if I recall, that's cool. But uh, yeah, they, they've uh, they've begun production, and I'm following. Oh my god, I forgot her name. <laughs> the Evangeline Lily. Evangeline Lily, that is her name. She's the Wasp. She's Hope Van Dyne. Yeah. That's her real name now. Um, <laughs> following her on Twitter, kind of um, not like a stalker, just like a hawk. Because mm-hmm. she has a tendency I, to talk about it a lot. I want to hear about. Uh, I want to hear about this uh, Janet Van Dyne. 
Oh yeah, that has been cast. I don't think we talked about that last week, did we? Did we not? I don't believe I we so. Did. We may have. Michelle Pfeiffer has been cast as Michelle Pfeiffer's. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I just that just makes me think back to my childhood, and I like of it. what Batman Returns. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> what else was she? And Grease Two. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like my most uh, standout memories of Michelle Pfeiffer. But Batman Returns is. I love her as the Catwoman. I really do. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. I think we did talk about it because it was... I remember talking to somebody about, like, <laughs> a weird way to gain superpowers is to get licked by a bunch of cats. Oh, you know what? Yep, I did say that last week. That's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which they did ended up doing on Gotham last season. They didn't give her superpowers, at least not yet, but... uh young Catwoman fell out of a window and got licked by cats and I was like what is this that's not that's not a thing that's like a that's weird a Tim Burtonism <laughs> Why? maybe it was just a, a, an homage yeah it definitely was but it just was like a weird it's just a weird thing to do well like if she comes back with superpowers then we know like they they're not imaginative at all right yeah <laughs> man you chose the worst possible origin she's just a cat burglar people Right? It's just a name. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Next up, we got... Oh, there was... You know you know the thing that kind of felt a little out of place for Thor in the Thor Ragnarok trailer where he says he's a friend from work? Uh, yeah. That actually came straight from a Make-A-Wish kid. There was a kid on set while they were filming, and uh, this was coming from Chris Hemsworth. Aww. He said that... Um, they had a kid on set that he was talking to in between takes, and the kid was just like, you should, you know what you should say? You should say that he's a friend from work. And then they were like, you know, that actually sounds pretty funny, so they put it in. I, uh, I, it makes it super cute that it's in there and that it's in the trailer, uh, that, that it's from a Make-A-Wish kid, but maybe you shouldn't let children write your dialogue, because... <laughs> I'm, I like I respect it. It's cute. They should have had that as a take to send the kid, and so he can watch Thor say the words that he put in his mouth. That's amazing. That's really cute. But as soon as I saw that in the trailer, I was like, that is, seems really out of place. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be Thor at all. Thor just seems a lot sillier in this version, and I'm fine with that, except for the fact that it kind of like breaks continuity a little bit in that he's not that really that way in the earlier films. <laughs> He's lightening up. Yeah, he's been, maybe, he's been on Earth. He's lightening up. He's learning about maybe humor. Lo- losing his hammer has affected him. Yeah, <laughs> mentally. Yeah. Maybe maybe all of his like his funniness in this one is just him breaking down. Right. Yeah. He's just uh, he's covering <laughs> for his inadequacies about his hammer. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to cover my loss. Yeah. It's like a Napoleonic complex with his hammer. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Hammer envy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, I'm thinking about taking my um, my steampunk Thor cosplay hammer to Dragon Con and setting it on the table whenever I do the MCU cast from Dragon Con on that panel. And um, I've thought about people looking at my hammer. So you saying hammer envy is really funny. Yeah, because it's kind of relevant to exactly what I was thinking. You're gonna use it like a like a judge's gavel. Oh yeah, it's really heavy. <laughs> like I wanted to, I wanted to get all of the electronics in it and also make it, you know, closer to, um, 
closer to what it actually would be. <laughs> you know, yeah. other people not being able to lift it. Because I've had people that are like, let me see the... And they just fall over with it. And I laugh. Because I'm strong. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the next thing up we have is Spider-Man Homecoming has passed 600 million worldwide. And uh, along with that has passed... Uh, the domestic box office takes of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. The first, wow. the Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, unfortunately, I I believe that the the f- initial numbers that I gave and the, that we talked about are probably not going to be um, anywhere. Not going to be happening. <laughs> it did not make nearly as much as I was thinking it would. Honestly, and I, we have even some feedback. Someone uh, rubbing that in. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Like you know, yeah. I, I really expected it to do at least Guardians numbers, um, and it's not. It's not going to. It's not going to do it. It's it's at like 640 worldwide right now. And like Guardians Two made eight sixty worldwide, which is, you know, just just yeah. just a good bit better. And uh, even Wonder Woman's destroyed it at seven ninety worldwide. Like, uh, yeah, well, it's just not doing nearly as well as I'd hope. But I'm, it makes me worried for the for the future of it, of their um, the part the Sony's partnership with Marvel. Um, yeah, it still did. Be- it's doing better than the other Spider-Man movies, and the critical acclaim it normally bodes really well for the the sequel. Right, right. Um, so it's it's very possible that they'll they'll but, continue to work together. But it, it makes me a little. I, I was thinking they'd be a little more blown away by the numbers, and these numbers are just kind of okay. You know? Yeah, it's still got two major markets to open in that it hasn't opened in yet. Is um, it's got to open in Japan on the 11th of this month, and in China on September 8th. Mm. Okay. And um, according to. Uh, industry experts i guess it should easily top 700 million once it opens in japan right um, we're not sure if china is going to put it over 800 million or not okay um, i was originally saying somewhere between nine and 950 um, yeah and i just don't think that that's going to happen anymore yeah it's not looking like it i thought it might hit a, i thought it was possible it would hit a billion i really did um I didn't. I didn't think it was. I did not think it was a sure thing, but I thought it could. And, and it's yeah. the fact that it was so good. Uh, I just. I, it, it surprises me that it didn't do better. Which came out first? I, I know. Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman came out first, right? Yeah, Wonder Woman came out like a month beforehand. Gotcha. Okay. So, so the fact that uh, it, Wonder Woman is beating it currently doesn't mean it's going to continue. It may. It may actually pass Wonder Woman. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's at 790, 640. Uh, Wonder Woman's probably slowed to all it's going to do, and it's still got two major countries to open in. So, like, it yeah. might make 150 million in those two countries, which would put it at, at tied with Wonder Woman. But, yeah, anyway, uh, it's neither here nor there. I think uh, I'm just, I'm honestly just surprised it didn't do do better. I really am. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's mostly. Um, Fatigue with Spider-Man, because you know you've got three French or three yeah three iterations of Spider-Man in the past like fifteen years. Sure, and people people see that people see that and go, well, I don't know if I want to go see another Spider-Man movie. And maybe and it, Robert Downey Jr. didn't bring the uh, bring the numbers people were expecting him to. Yeah, um, that's. It might also be oversaturation, you know? Yeah. The, the superhero market is 
is kind of it's a thing it's uh, it's a big thing for sure and um dunkirk did a lot better than we thought it would yeah i heard that it did really well that's great yeah it's one of those um disjointed storytelling things that nolan does so well is it is it out of order yeah, it's out of order. Oh, I didn't know that. That makes me want to see it more. I know. I knew that would make you want oh, to yeah. see it more. You know how much I love those. Uh, I was specifically thinking movies. about the tracks episode from season one of Shield. Yeah. Well, and he, he's like, one oh, of. It could be like that. Oh yeah, Nolan's Nolan is one of the people that maybe love that style of storytelling so much with a memento. His, oh yeah. His, oh, yeah. I think it was his first major film. Uh, I think he had one before that, but it wasn't as big. Um, memento. Uh, and it's still a pretty low budget thing, but man, Memento is amazing, and it is so disjointed that you have to really pay attention to even know what's going on, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down for that. Um, let's see. The rest of the things that we have is more uh, more along the lines of television news. Um, oh, did you see that Inhumans clip that was posted today? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The Medusa versus Maximus clip. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't we we got some feedback, I think, on that. Um, I think somebody we, posted that. Some people asking about it. Yeah. Uh, I. The thing is, I think Maximus is going to be awesome. Yeah. And it worries me because when the villain is that much more interesting and better than the heroes, <laughs> it starts to be a little weird because you start like, kind of rooting for the villain at least to be around and to do more things just because there's fun to watch. And that the, the actor is... The actor playing Maximus is great. He's great in Game of Thrones. Yeah. He was great on, uh, oh gosh, what was that show called? Oh Game my gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Is it was... called Game of Thrones? No, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a Misfits. There's a show called Misfits. He was on before that, and I loved Misfits. Um, it, it yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of crazy, uh, and I'm feeling I'm feeling like he's gonna really steal the show. Which I don't know. Like in the, in in that clip, he's still in the show, and I still feel like Medusa's being kind of like wooden, and I'm not really feeling anything for her yet. Um, yeah. I just kind of feel like, ooh, look at Maximus acting his ass off, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like dang. So I, I want it to be good, and I want to care about all the characters, but it's being a little tricky with Maximus being so good. Yeah. It also yeah. felt a little more like Agents of Shield. Does that make sense? I could see that this clip felt it, like like it belonged in a like I could see this being an, a, in an episode of Agents of Shield like uh, it felt like that kind of quality I guess. Thank God they're gonna cross over. Yeah, someday, someday they're gonna cross over, and that's exciting. Yep. You know what's you know what's unfortunate about crossovers? What's that? Uh, apparently, the Runaways series on Hulu has been said to, let's see, Jeff Loeb has said that The Runaways is going to live in the same world as the Netflix Marvel shows. Okay. He specifically said it like that. As, Didn't as say if they're different just, worlds. Yeah, like as if Netflix and the cinematic and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are like three separate universes. And they, so far, they kind of have been. I mean, we haven't had those crossover very much. Uh, but we want them to. I mean, we've to. had the show affected by the movies, but... sure. Yeah, you know, like that kind of proves that they're at least paying attention to the movies. But like, just the way that he said it just pisses me off. To be honest, yeah, pisses me off too, man. <laughs> it really does. Like we were, we were promised such 
continuity. We're here. And, and, and so interconnectivity. Far, so far, there hasn't been a big problem with continuity. So as long as they maintain that, I'm okay. But if they just start completely departing from the continuity, I'll, I'll be upset. Yeah. I will not be And happy. apparently... Apparently, Emily Van Camp was supposed to guest star on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in some way. Yeah. Um, like, there was a talk about that. You yeah, know, Agent 13 Agent, was supposed to Agent show 13 up. in the Captain America movies. Yep, yep. So, Agent 13 was supposed to show up at some point for some reason. Apparently, it was talked about, but then she was working on some other show at the time or a movie or something. She had a conflict schedule and couldn't do it. So, they just kind of scrapped it. Yeah, they need to get that stuff together. They need to, like, just, you're signing somebody for, like, a multi-million dollar movie. You can easily say, you have to show up on one day of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And just give the S.H.I.E.L.D. writers the option, hey, if you want to use this character, uh, you have the right to, given this contract. (laughs) You know, like, throw the TV people a bone, and you're paying them millions and millions of dollars. Like, give them one day on the set of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or one day on the set of Daredevil. Even if they're just, like... Being interviewed on TV, uh, you know, something, something yeah. like that. Like, just add another card to their deck. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Now you got me wanting to play Legendary. <laughs> By the way, Aww. I've been playing a lot of Legendary. <laughs> I want to play Legendary now. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, Legendary is a deck building card game, uh, and they have a Marvel version. And uh, I have. I liked it so much when I first started playing it that I ordered, like, five expansion sets. God, have you seen how many there are now? Um, I have all but two. Good lord, man. They are nuts. I know. So, so I was, what I was going to say I was working is, on getting them. I, I couldn't get the Fantastic Four one because it was like, oh, that's $500. Yeah, the Fantastic Four one. I don't have the Fantastic Four one. I don't have Fear Itself because I didn't even recognize... I have Fear Itself. Oh, do you? Nice. I, yep. I, I, uh, I started... Uh, I don't have the Villains one either. Oh, yeah. Well, that's um, a new base set. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I, I don't want to get too nerdy on this. I, and we try to avoid <laughs> we try to avoid that kind of talk on the show, even though we're everyone here is probably on board with playing a little legendary. Uh, if anybody if anybody's in Birmingham, they want to stop by and play some legendary. Just hit me up uh, at MCU <laughs> Cast, and uh, we'll play some legendary. <laughs> I really like it. I got so many expansions. The Deadpool expansion is amazing. Is it? I haven't really wanted to get that one. Probably my favorite expansion set because it's it's funny because it's Deadpool. It's funny, but it's not funny in just like the cards are funny. But they 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 introduce like funny mechanics. <laughs> they just make oh, you God. laugh because they make you like for one thing a bunch of the Deadpool cards just to be an asshole. The Deadpool cards have halves in the numbers. So, like, you know, you have three attack or three recruit. It'll be like, this card has one and a half recruit and one and a half attack. <laughs> just, like, really, like, weird. Fun, just funny that they did it, which, which makes it, I don't know. It's, it's funny that they incorporated the humor into the design of what they were doing, which is, like, uh, one, of, one of the schemes you can play is, like, Deadpool wants all the chimichangas, and all, <laughs> all bystanders become chimichangas when they enter the city. <laughs> And Deadpool's trying to rescue all the chimichangas. <laughs> it's just silly. It's just really silly. Uh, so that's great. Okay. Yeah, all right. Legendary. All right. Anybody out there in Birmingham want to play Legendary, just hit me up. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Actually, well, <clears throat> anywhere really in the Alabama area, I'll drive. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just teasing. Okay. So 
the uh, the last thing that we have in in the news is um, a bit of a rumor mill going on. Uh, Haley Atwell has visited Marvel Studios recently. was uh, was posted about on uh, on Twitter with a like, see who came to visit me today. I think it was she was visiting Joe Casada, um, but that has stirred up the rumor mill some more. You know, crank that wheel again. Um, Think about it though. Like, what what could she be going there for? Agent Agent Carter got canceled. It could be Agent Shield. They they could have a flashback episode. They've done it before. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking though, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I mean, Captain Marvel's supposed to be set in the '90s. We could get Agent Carter back a little bit older. Kind of what we were asking for is like, you know, give us time jumps with her. Yeah. And you know, she could be a thing. That would have been so cool if they'd done like a. Different. Every season had jumped forward five years or whatever. We talked about it on the show at the time, but they just kept it all in that same time period. Now I just wanted like drastic changes in the time period and like them to tell a larger story with with yeah that character. You know what I'm thinking though. What are you thinking? You know what I'm thinking. She could show up in Infinity War. Hmm. Because you remember we yeah. were talking about how Thanos can. Resurrect the dead yep, with the reality poss- stone. Possibly, yeah. That's how he can get to Cap. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, that would be. Heart- that breaks my heart, heart just thinking yeah, about that'd it. Yeah, be heart wrenching. It would be a little <laughs> weird when she catches him with her niece or whatever. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> his dead ex lover walks in on him and his niece. Uh, that'll be a weird thing for Thanos to do. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, how about we do some feedback? You know what? I am down for feedback. Let's see what everybody else is talking about. Yeah. Scrolling down. Let's see. We got, Oh, Levi. Levi Birdie on Twitter says, Adams, you cast. Infinity War looks like everyone is going to die. Ran across the described footage, but I wish I had seen it live. You know, me too, man. Yeah. We have a lot of people writing in about why won't they drop the footage, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about in a minute. We'll talk about when we get to yeah. that, but yeah, uh, I want to see th- I want to see it. I want to see it real bad, because that, uh, that leaked thing was not uh, not satisfying. <laughs> it did not sate me properly. Mm-mm. Nope. We'll say that much. Nope, nope. Uh, Ashley and Coffin on Twitter said, Adam, you cast. So, who do we think the scroll has been the whole time? My money's on Fury. No way real Fury would have let Hydra take over S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm... I I like the theory of Fury, but it ties into the fact that he's going to be in Captain Marvel. Like yeah. and there we're going to be facing scrolls, so like okay, sure. Uh, but I don't see why Fury would have built the Avengers. Yeah, if if he was a scroll, he would not have built the Avengers. Unless unless he was a scroll trying to sabotage it by getting the worst Avengers and then that would be like a really funny twist on the whole thing <laughs> well like, originally he did want Abomination Yeah. oh really yeah that was what the consultant was about he wanted Abomination but Coulson and Sitwell got together and were like that's a terrible idea we shouldn't let him do that oh that's right uh, that's right we should get the consultant because nobody there's nobody that General Ross hates more than the consultant yeah. So, I mean, like, Hulk's kind of a horrible Avenger. You know? <laughs> He's not the best. Hulk's kind of horrible. He's still a hero. Uh, and and as a, a, a Tony in such a leadership position is pretty horrible. <laughs> He's, like, pr- pretty horrible. Um, and, and he kind of caused most of the problems they faced. Um, yeah. And uh, well, Cap, to be Cap, fair. maybe Cap came unfroze, like, 
and they just oh, I guess we've got to throw him in there because he's pretty <laughs> he's pretty good. But really, I mean, I I love Cap, but he's he's not that effectual, really. Uh, he doesn't. He's got the strategy. He's the strategy guy. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, May, but maybe they just want to like maintain the world so that the scrolls can take it later, like. They needed the Avengers to keep back the uh, Chitauri invasion so the Skrulls could come in later. <laughs> mm. You know, maybe, maybe, I would be okay with that more than I would be okay with them being like, um, have the big tie-in be like, Thanos was a Skrull the whole time. Or no, Thanos is one of the Skrulls, and the Skrulls are coming now to, uh, to like, Avenge their fallen comrade or something. That, was, that right. would be dumb. Thanos does kind of look like a scroll. He's got the weird wrinkle chin, but he's a titan. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, the, the MCU is known to, like, combine races and, like, put put people in different races. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... Like, I don't know enough about the comics to care... I could you you could tell me that the Titans are a certain kind or a like sect of the scrolls and I'd be like, All right, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um sure. You know that tracks. I mean they look like I'm 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 looking at it online now. Uh it's funny, they look so much alike. <laughs> uh the chin particularly, of course. Yeah, but, I think it's mostly the chin. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Thanos has that helmet on. You can't tell what his ears look like. So he, uh, he could be a scroll. It wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me. <laughs> but I know you would bother. I know it would bother you. Oh God! It would bother so but many people. It would bother. Yeah, I'm sure it would. It wouldn't bother me. But the Mandarin thing, I thought was genius. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else hates it. Uh, it, it. Comic book fans hate it. Uh, and I'm. I'm not. I'm not a comic book aficionado. How dare you! So uh, let's see. Next up on Twitter, did we did we settle on a name for this on on how to pronounce PayPi? Uh, I don't. I no. I don't think we did. Okay. Well, it's PayPi now. <laughs> so PayPi said at MCU cast. What I want in Infinity War is Peter asking Karen how to fight the giant purple guy. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. I got confused for a minute because I was like, why is he talking to Karen from Daredevil? <laughs> and then I remember Karen's like, I don't know. Like, He's huge. How's that supposed to? Uh, I guess they're both from New York. I don't know what PayPal is getting at. <laughs> um, but no, no, yeah, Karen, uh, Karen, his AI. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because that's what he named her, like SpongeBob. Uh, let's see, John Schneido, Schneidow on Twitter. Schneidow. Schnittow. Uh, why not just release the hashtag Infinity War trailer now? We've all seen the leak. Question mark all three right. times. Yeah, we mentioned this earlier. I, as much as I agree with him, we've all seen the leak. I'd love to see it. Like, just release the full quality one now. Uh, the reason they say they're not releasing it is that it's not ready. Well, they want the they want the trailer that they released to be appropriate for the wider audience that they're going to release it to. They're not just releasing it to all the fanboys. Well, they've also said that the effects aren't ready. And yeah. people can I mean, be, they just finished production. People are forgiving watching something in a, in a theater one time, but if you are allowing people to watch it online over and over and record it and, like, slow-mo it and take screenshots, you know, and, and the effects aren't ready, 
then you're going to have a problem. Like, that's one yeah, of the reasons... picked apart. The, uh, was it Origins Wolverine that had the big... Some, someone released it oh, online. Oh, God, yeah. Before the it was ready. The entire film was leaked. Uh, yeah. The entire film with the with the effects were not ready, and it's blamed for, like, that movie failing so hard. Like, it's understandable. That, <laughs> it's understandable why they don't want uh, leaks to get out. Or, you know... And this leak, you're forgiving of the bad quality because it's through a cell phone or whatever. Um, but you'd yeah. be less forgiving of the bad quality if you were seeing it on your, like if it, if they, if they, if they really are as bad if as if it was fear. on official channels. Yeah, if they're like here's our if there's here's our Infinity War trailer, and then you can still really see the. I mean, I thought honestly, I thought the Spider Man, the first shot of Spider Man we see in Civil War, I thought that was kind of bad, you know, when they released that trailer, and that kind of turned me oh, off yeah. at first. Uh, he looked looked a little cartoony. He looked better in the movie, uh, I think, but the. Uh, you know, it, it, I understand their hesitance, um, but it, it, we have all seen the leak. <laughs> so, there's that. so they need to hurry up and give us a trailer. Yeah, just get some people working on it. Over, you know, day and night for a little while and get it done. I know that you guys are busy and all, but I kind of need this trailer. Yeah. All right. So is this a, this is an email that we got here? I think so yeah. Looks like an email. A.R. Watkins said to us, This show is really good, guys. Keep it up. Thanks. Well, I mean, thank you. We will. Uh, with comic book movies recently venturing out into different genres, Deadpool, comedy, Logan, Western, Captain America, Winter Soldier, political thriller, New Mutants set to be a horror, Batman set to be noir, uh, what other genres do you see for the future of comic book movies? What would or wouldn't work? Thanks. That's a good question. It is a good question. I feel like... I mean, you start getting into questions of what is a comic book movie. Um, yeah. Because there are all kinds of genres of, of, of comic books. I mean, there's, you know... <laughs> I watched Riverdale. I watched Riverdale recently, and technically that's oh, a God. technically that's a comic book show. Uh, yep. But so 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 it really get into like what is a comic book thing? Is it anything that's based on a, like graphic novel, or, or are you considering it anything that has a superhero in it? Because you know, like even though it's not a comic book, I don't believe like things like Hancock was was a superhero comedy, but it's not a comic book movie technically. Uh, and so, so you get these like weird hybrids, um, and so I just think the sky's the limit for 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 genres. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've yeah. got. You, I mean, like like I just said, you've got this uh, Riverdale show is technically a comic book show. Um, so you've you've already got these 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 genres going coming from all over the place, um, and that's like a weird. Uh, th- uh, teen thriller i guess <laughs> teen buddy well, thriller i don't know well we got a teen comedy just now yeah you know, no we Spider-Man. totally did and i, I think if you're if you're if you're if, if, let's let's say this well, let's let's rephrase the question uh not to not to uh try to fix your question totally a fair question but i think it's a little too broad what about the future of dc and marvel movies because uh, that's, that's a little more specific to what we're talking about, the pantheon of heroes in the DC and Marvel universe. What other genres do we see in the future for those those movies? Hmm. Well, I don't really see there being like 
Well, there might be. I was thinking, like, th- there might not be some Apocalypse Now-style war stories, but Infinity War looks like it might be real uh, real gritty, real crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, Apocalypse Now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, Ragnarok is the word. Yeah. No. Like, it's the same thing, man. Uh, but. Well, Ragnarok's supposed to be like a road trip buddy comedy. Yeah, so it's just they're they're going all over the place. I don't know what else they could do. They're all, they're already going so so broad with it. <laughs> They've already covered every genre. And I want to say like sci-fi would be cool, but you got Guardians. Like, um, but yeah, you the, got the space opera. The thing already. that would be kind of cool is like a more serious take on sci-fi, possibly. Oh, like similar to Aliens. Aliens or Star Trek or, um, you know, a little less like, I mean, Guardians, I love it so much and I wouldn't want to change it. But if you did have like a, Ooh, a serious, Nova Core could do that. Yeah, totally. Totally Nova Core could do that. Oh, I that would, would be so good. I would watch a Nova Core Netflix series like for real. All day, every day. <laughs> and I, you know, oh God, I would never stop watching. There's it. some TV shows these days on fairly, you know, smaller budgets. They're doing a great job with with making space shows. Um, I'm constantly impressed. I've been watching The Expanse. Have you seen this at all? I haven't. I've been watching The Expanse lately, and it is. It just every episode they like have a whole new environment, and I'm sure they're like redressing some of the same sets and things. But they just do a really creative job of. I'm sure it's a sci-fi show; it can't have a huge budget. But I feel like I'm watching, you know, a, a giant space epic because I am. It's, yeah. it's it's really neat what they're doing <laughs> these days, um, and I think you could do something like that. Like, what about a cosmic show on television? Like, we that would I feel like that's the next. Um, thing for marvel to do if they're gonna they're you know they're already doing they are agents of shield is gonna be in space next season that's, well po- probably yeah that's true uh but agents it, of sword it has to be it's still gonna be our earth-based heroes though like uh yeah. i could see it going further oh, away like you're that. wanting like intermingling with aliens that look different possibly uh and i think like, we will get that i think we'll probably cling on on agents of shield right yeah we, we have to we have to i would think I would hope so. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to answer uh, Mr. Watkins' question. <laughs> the, yeah, I well, can't I mean, think. they've covered I so many think, genres yeah, already. I, I'm not providing any new insight to that question. Uh, there's, they, I just you know, kind of, they're going to do everything. They're going to do everything. We've seen the fun, whimsical high fantasy with Thor. We've seen the dark and, um, I guess, the, the more uptight, High fantasy with Thor the uh, the Dark World. Yeah, um, you know we've seen a heist movie with Ant Man. A couple of things that I think would be interesting. Um, we haven't really seen. I mean, fantasy as in Thor, sure, but that's as we discussed. That magic is just science we don't understand yet. Uh, the the whole. No, I'm not. I'm not talking mystical. I'm just talking about like elves and sure, things like sure, that. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, but I was getting at, like, the the horror genre, um, as in, like, uh, getting back to, like, the blade, blade and things like that. There's been some Ooh. talk, but we haven't really gotten, like, a vampire story or a werewolf story yet. And I'm wondering how they'll handle those things, because so far, uh, we, we're preparing for a commissioned episode we're going to record sometime this week, and... Uh, I was going over trying to d- see what the Marvel Cinematic Universe does when they're adapting comic books, and um, 
one of the things that I have found is they, they still haven't done magic. They still aren't doing magic per se. It's either science you don't understand yet or it's interdimensional travel. Those are the two kinds yeah. of magic they have. But uh, what is it going to... In the MCU. Yeah, in the MCU. What is it going to... How are they going to explain vampires? <laughs> um, I guess uh, virus or they could... <laughs> like So far, they've just scienced everything. They haven't... Uh, yeah, I mean that's what Fitz is gonna do. He's gonna science the hell out of it. It's ah, oh, there's no real vampires. It's just some sort of some sort of alien virus or interdimensional virus oh, that happened. And how great blah, blah, blah. would it be? And how many Buffy references could they make if next season of Agents of Shield, the first pod or whatever, is a Blade storyline? Mm. Like uh, you know, they did they did Ghost Rider last year, and they did do Blade this year. <laughs> God, that would be. I don't. I don't think that I would want to see Blade on Agents of Shield. To be honest, yeah. Like I would rather see Blade in a Netflix verse. Well, I just want him on everything. I want the. That's I, fair. I, I just. I don't want those to be separate. So I'm not even going to entertain which one should it be on. It should be on both. <laughs> well, okay. Introduce him on Agents of Shield, and then carry him over into Netflix. Yeah, so that give they him his own show. Give Ghost the- Rider and. And uh, Blade, their own shows, and they oh, both having to deal with like the horror element, or even like a yeah, like a like a buddy <laughs> show for those. Team two. Him up with the Punisher. Oh man, like yeah, Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Blade, like as a trio, and they could go with like younger female Blade, the like daughter of Blade or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, and they, and that would give it a little like ver- you know uh, a little variety in the show, uh, and so you have like. Uh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that would—that's a great idea. I'd just call it Marvel Knights or whatever. It. Oh my God! It is Marvel Knights. Yeah, it's Marvel Knights. Daredevil, Holy shit! Daredevil could drop in. Like, so you have Defenders already, but you could have Marvel oh. Knights as like its own team that Daredevil could go between. That'd be really great. And then, oh no, uh, you get Moon Knight. You get Moon Knight in there because, you know, you haven't really had a, a main character who has had like a debilitating mental problem <laughs> yet. You get who in there? I'm sorry. Moon, oh, Moon Knight, right. Moon yeah. Knight, yeah. Oh man, there's been a lot of talk about Moon Knight and when they're going to bring that him in. Um, and yeah, like in the Marvel Knights, Netflix series would be the perfect place. Uh, Wouldn't it? Like, like they get oh. the defenders all set up, and then they just start with these other four shows: Moon Knight, Dare, uh, Moon Knight, Blade, Ghost Rider, and then they bring them all together for a uh, Marvel Knights show. Oh God, that's that, that would be so awesome. You know, uh, years ago, uh, I was listening, I was listening to a podcast interview. I think it might have been Fat Man on Batman. He was doing an interview with one of the uh, creators of Marvel Knights the comic books and they were talking about how at the time marvel comics in general and marvel was doing really poorly like they were in the kind of like middle of their like financial crisis or whatever when they started selling off their movie rights and things that's when they had um yeah that's when they had bankrupted yeah bankruptcy uh and they uh one of the things that brought their comics back from the brink was the marvel knights line apparently uh the marvel knights line like just kind of darker grittier sort of street level heroes um and i'd love to see some of that on on, oh, on in the netflix series is a perfect place um okay so if if he if he's just like crushed and goes to a really dark place after having to defeat electra in the defenders if they have to kill her again um 
he could drop to that Punisher level, like almost Punisher level, and then carry over that into Marvel Knights. Well, yeah, he could still lose himself. I, I, but the thing is, Daredevil is one of the Marvel Knights, and like, yeah, he was he was an original. You don't even need uh, you don't you don't need him to be other than Daredevil. He could still be the same Matt Murdock, still have the same ethics. He just coming up with he'd be fighting a different kind of war, probably. You know, uh, which yeah. I would think I just think sounds awesome. Yep, yep, and then Moon Knight in there, and oh god, Punisher and 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 Black Panther could show up. They could do a series about Black Panther, or they could spin off Shuri into her own thing, where she would be like either uh, a different form of Black Panther or or the White Panther, or ah. Uh, okay, uh, calm down. I'm okay, you're, you're, I'm you're okay. breathing heavy, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> such nerd. Let's see what Brandon uh, Hall has to say. Let's see what Brandon Hall. Okay. Let's, let's get out of this Marvel Knights uh, death spiral we're in. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so Brandon Hall says, "I'm a new listener." Hey, well, welcome. welcome. So far this week, I have downloaded and listened to all the movie recaps, and starting on your Daredevil season one recaps, I work at a super maximum prison and witness many violent acts. I have a long drive to and from work, and your podcast helps ease my mind. Thanks. Aw, thank you, Brandon. That really means a lot. Yeah, that's also very scary. That yeah, I feel like that escalated. Uh, that was that. Ooh. Yeah, it's tough, man. I was not expecting you to have been working at a Supermax prison. Um, thank you for biting that bullet. Um, yeah, because that's a scary type job. Somebody's got to do it, and we respect that you're doing it, man. And I'm sorry that you have to witness violent acts. That's, yeah, that's tough. That's not how this world should be. Absolutely. Okay, so next up, John Andrew Smedden said, was wondering about the scene in Spider-Man Homecoming where Tony talked to Peter remotely through the suit while Tony was at a Desi wedding, at least based on the garb he was wearing. Uh, Totally reasonable that it might just be him and a friend's wedding, and why not throw in a brightly decorated scene into the typically sepia palette of the MCU? But I'm wondering if it may also be an Easter egg for something else. Any thoughts? Hmm. I actually read an article specifically about that. Um, like they, they were including this super colorful Indian wedding, the Desi wedding. Um, the the article was trying to to say like, well, maybe they're going for adding this in, or they could be doing something here, and it might tie into something. But then, the, like the end of it was just like they probably just did it to pander to the Indian market. <laughs> yeah, that is a large film market. And uh, I was thinking, I was thinking exact same thing um, when, before you even got there. Uh, like, just like, yeah, it's probably <laughs> just a pandering move. Uh, but it also, as he said, added color. I can't think of a hero that or villain or anything that would uh, pop to mind. But I'm not the the, the big comic guy, so I don't know. But I can't think of any offhand. Just like they. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, at least they didn't film like multiple. Well, who knows? Maybe they did. Uh, you know, in previous movies, uh, they filmed multiple versions of scenes and set them in different countries just to capture those markets. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and just, I, I remember one. I think it was like Iron Man two or three, where they set set like multiple scenes in China and had Iron Man like landing in China to help out with certain things just to. Just to get that market, uh, which wow is, is interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably what it was. That would have had to have been two, and it was a pretty hmm. scene. 
Yeah, it was it was very colorful, and it just it makes Tony Stark look like the man of the world that he is. You know, I think it was just thrown in. I think the wedding was just thrown in. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, cool. Well, what does Justin Berger have to say? He says, "Hey guys, there's a blonde lady in Sokovia during Ages of Ultron that." gets a load of screen time and I swear I've seen the same actress show up in another movie somewhere MCU movie somewhere uh, as well any chance that this is a modern Captain Marvel and might tie into how Captain Marvel becomes a part of Infinity War okay her name is Zrinka I did a lot of research on this one um (laughs) Zrinka and Costell. Her brother is Costell. And uh, as far as I can tell, uh, she has not been in anything else MCU, the actress. She was played by uh, Dominique Provost-Chakli. Um, she's been in a couple of things, but n- she's on Winona Earp, the new show Winona Earp, uh, which is like a female Wyatt Earp story retelling, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, she has not been on anything else. She, she just, I think it was just to humanize the Sokovian characters. Um, but yeah, I, I, I read a lot about it today, uh, about both Zrinka and Costello, the characters, and Dominique Provost Chocli to see if they were in anything else. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, they are uh, they are not, and she has not been in anything else MCU. Just the one, uh, just the one thing. So, okay, yeah, okay. But 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 yeah, good good eye though. She is in a lot of it. I think the whole point of having her is just to give. It, 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 there's a little storyline going on. If you pay a lot really close attention, she's it's it's her with her brother Costell, and they're running around, and then they get separated, and he gets on a one of the shield uh, lifeboats or whatever. Uh, yeah, the helicarrier lifeboats, and um, she gets on, but he misses it. And then, like, she's yelling for her brother or whatever. Oh, is that the one that Hawkeye went back exactly, to save? Exactly, exactly. So, okay. So you get a sense yeah. throughout the... throughout the. If, I didn't even... I don't even think I noticed the first time I watched it that they're setting that up, but they actually show them five or six times kind of setting them up as characters, sort of, as background characters. And then uh, she gets on the lifeboat and her brother gets stuck and Hawkeye goes over there to save him. And that's when, spoiler alert... Uh, spoiler alert! Quicksilver For like three years ago. <laughs> Quicksilver runs over and uh, and saves them both by taking all the bullets and says, "You weren't expecting that, were you?" But no, I think no. He says, "You didn't see that coming." That's it. That's it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's who the that's who those characters are: Zrinka and Costell. And I think okay. their only purpose is to show, hey, Sokovians are people too. <laughs> Just like they're not just Avengers. faceless. They're not just faceless. They were trying to populate the world, which makes a lot of sense. Totally a Whedon thing to do. Try to like give you some character to connect to that isn't just a faceless person in the mob. But and yeah. he, he even does it in Avengers One with the, also the young blonde girl who was supposed to have a little more screen time, but they ended up cutting it. And that's actually, uh, in that one, uh, you know who I'm talking about? She's talking to the camera at the end of the movie. Captain America saved my life. Yeah. So, so that, it's, Yeah, that's actually Johnson, actually. Okay, actually, yeah, yeah. She's, she's great. She's actually in Buffy and a few other things that Whedon's done. Um, so She's in Critical Role. Oh, neat. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, the, I think that was all that was. I like to be actually be able to answer a question. I actually researched that one and figured it out. <laughs> so so often we're like, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. And I was like, I can do this. I'm going to track that woman <laughs> like, down. I got this. I want it. Tracking down Zrinka. Put your detective hat on. 
I bought Age of Ultron just to like do figure it out. <laughs> yes. Why didn't you have it already? Uh, that's it, that's you? exactly why I bought it. I was like, I, I saw that I didn't have it, and I was like, oh well. I, I mean, I don't mind buying that. I'm go- I, I want to have that anyway. Oh hey, uh, something else. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is coming out this month on Ooh. digital and Blu-ray. If if we have a chance, we've got a bunch of commissioned episodes coming up, and and we've got content starting back. But if we have a chance, we maybe we'll do a uh, DVD review and watch some of the special features and things. Yeah, we need to. It'd be awesome. Apparently, there's going to be a lot of it, like a couple of hours worth of extra special features and stuff. If anyone out there is listening and they're a executive and they want to send us a copy, we'll do a review and tell everyone to buy. Oh it. yeah, we'll we'll throw down on it. Oh yeah. All right. So next up, Brian Keegan said, "Oh, about the uh, about the clip this morning." He says, "Looks like Marvel released an extended clip from Inhumans. What do you guys think of Medusa's hair in it?" Yeah, uh, it pushed him. <laughs> <laughs> the hair is it, is it choked him a little bit. The hair is a thing. The hair it, it did functionally push. Did it choke him? Yeah, she started wrapping it around his neck. Oh, that's cool. I didn't. I saw. I just saw her push him. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so the hair is a thing. I don't know. It looked yeah, fine. I like it. It looked I fine. Like it. I'm a little worried. As I said, I felt like this this clip looked a lot like Agents of Shield, which Agents of Shield is great. But they use powers very sparingly. Even the characters they have on the show that are powered people, they may use their powers once per episode, you know? Yeah. And having characters that are all based on their powers, I mean, everyone's going to have powers, and then having them not use them in, like, like in this, she pushes them up against the wall and starts choking him. Like, that's... Uh, you'd expect her to do that, but it's like, uh, are they going to spend the money to make that look good every time? <laughs> Right, right. You know. Yeah, because it's really hard. Or, well, it's it's a lot of effort to make Yo-Yo's um, running scenes work. Sure. But when they do, when they do spend the time on it, they look amazing. Mostly with Yo-Yo, they, they the just have parts. her disappear and come back, which is awesome. Yeah, they just... They they have her disappear and then like the scene behind them changes and and they they have various ways of showing the different powers and uh, I'm sure some are more expensive than others but you know you just think about like Daisy's powers and they always they, they do a good job they they always look great but you could see if you just have more if the more effect shots you're gonna have in a show the less time they're gonna have to spend on each so worries yeah. me a little bit and the less money they're gonna have to spend on each it makes sense why they're not giving her making her hair move all the time it seems like it only moves when she wants it to instead of constantly yeah. being flowing and uh but that i think the wig looks real bad like when it's not moving when it's not doing its thing just the wig on the lady looks kind of just unnatural well maybe it's supposed to i i mean yeah i guess that's that's fair <laughs> <laughs> it's just to remind you this hair can move watch for it yeah Look at this weird lump sitting on this lady's head. It, it's 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 gonna it's gonna do something. You know, it's you, not actually connected to her. You, you look it's at, just a parasite yeah. that's sharing a mental link with her. You look at certain uh, certain people with hair pieces, and you're like, man, that thing's gonna move. With her, you're, that, that's what you're supposed to do. That's the, that's her symbiote. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a symbiote. Well, <laughs> pink pink symbiote. It's like it's like venom and carnage. It's just it's on her head. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's so silly. That's, that's why. The, oh. That's the real reason they had to get the Spider-Man rights back. They wanted to use right. the. They wanted to change the origins of Medusa. 
Give her a sy- uh, symbiote head. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the worst idea. Let's stop. All right. Uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said to us on Facebook, quick question. Maybe someone can answer and haven't heard it brought up yet. Although it wasn't flat out said, uh, wasn't Captain Marvel's origin story set to begin at basically the same time as Doctor Strange's car accident? How can it be said in the 90s? I know they don't flat out say Captain Marvel, but isn't it heavily implied that the patients being told to Strange are Rhodey and Danvers? Uh, Possibly even confirmed Easter eggs? How can this line up with a 90s origin story? I don't think any of that was ever confirmed. Yeah, um, it was actually confirmed to not be Rhodey. And the like the girl with a plate in her head that got struck by lightning, um, that would be a, a drastic change to uh, the Carol Danvers origin story. And um, it was it was definitely one of the theories that was batted around, but yeah, it, it was, I, it the was not was ever crazy. confirmed. It, and it may be some other Easter egg that you were not thinking of, and it may just be. So the answer is basically yeah. no. I don't think it's not a flaw in the whole thing. They're they're just uh, it was just some people's theory that might have been Carol Danvers, but it's we just really wanted it to be that. Yeah, we wanted it to be somebody. I feel like it. They probably meant it to be somebody, but they never confirmed who. Yeah, and probably partially to give themselves an out. Like, hey, if we want to set this in the nineties, we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and I think Doctor Strange is supposed to. Like there was a specific time frame that all of that was supposed to be happening in, and um, it it all lines up to where like as the movie ends, it's in current time for whenever it was released. So he's not that far behind where um, the Avengers are as far as movie timeline. So I don't know. I don't know. It, Carol Danvers is going to come in in some different way. And I'm intrigued as to how they're going to do it. Me too. Where Where's she been all this time? Damn it. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook, ready for some reckless speculation? Possible spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Captain Marvel. I don't think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever explained where the Skrull, he meant Kree, uh, used in Tahiti came from. It's possible it's left over from the Kree Skrull War from Captain Marvel. Also, there's room for inhuman tie-ins there. Both are unlikely, but I hold out hope. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Um, did we ever have it confirmed? I saw I saw your discussion online. I just wanted to bring this up because uh, you you were saying it's the it's the one that they had in, in uh, that they had in the past in the 40s with uh, with Haley Atwell's character. Right. Agent Carter confiscated that in. Uh, in one of the early episodes of right. season, season one, one, season two. two. Yeah, I think it was season two, probably. Anyway, are we? Con- is that confirmed that that's the same one, or is that just a, possibly another Cree? No, it's the same one. It's the same body. Okay. Like, it's the same half-body of a Cree. Yeah, I just don't remember them ever, like... I remember them uh, seeing that and being like, oh, that's probably the Tahiti one, but I don't remember them confirming it. Yeah, like if you if you look at the one that was in the guest house in season one, and then look at that one in that uh, in that shot, it's the exact same body. Um, I didn't think we uh, saw the whole body. I thought we just saw a little bit of blue skin. I'm pretty sure we did. 
Now you got me doubting myself. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't remember seeing that much of it uh, to have it that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the image right now. It's barely. You barely see anything. You just see a Cree arm. Is all. Okay, you, all it's you the see. exact same arm. <laughs> There's absolutely no difference between them. Uh, yeah, that, that's possible. It is very possible. That it's the same. It's the same. But it is also possible that, uh, that that, that they they con- they had a Cree at that point and then later they found another Cree. Um Ugh, it is what possible. if that's dead Marvel? It could be. It very well mm. could be. Especially, you know, the timeline all lines up. Yeah, um it could be. And there's there's some I, there I'm looking at I'm looking at all this evidence online. Uh, there are some markings on the arm and there yeah. are similar markings on the body, but they're not in exactly the same place. And so but we can't see the arm the right arm we can't see. We can only see the left hand side of this guy's body. So we it's basically it's it's unconfirmed, but it's a possibility. <laughs> I I think it was it was the it was like so heavily hinted that it might as well be confirmed. Yeah, but that's that's not the same thing, is all I'm saying. It's the door's still open. <laughs> the door is open. The door's still open. For it to be either way. Uh, right, but, but I would say, given that they're on the same show, it seemed like they were hinting at, "Oh, this is an early. This is when we got this blue guy." But yeah. it could be that Shield has had fifteen Cree bodies over the years. You know, <laughs> just got a lot of them. I mean, they literally, apparently, in the nineties, had a Cree skull, Cree scroll war that Earth was somehow involved in. So it's very possible God. that this Cree that is in Tahiti is a, is one of the Crees from the Cree skulls. Cree scroll war. It's really hard to say Cree scroll. I know Cree scroll war. God, what if that is Marvel and like Fury authorized the testing there? Like that would be messed up, Fury. Yeah, because Marvel was helpful. That was the original Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it like, is messed up. The whole thing of like they're keeping it alive down there, and te- and just like, is it alive? I think it's a. It's still producing blood. I mean, it might not be conscious, but it looked alive. Ew. It did, it doesn't move, so uh, it, it looks like it has no eyes too. It's real creepy. The whole thing's real creepy. That is real creepy. All right, uh, let's see. Nathaniel Muzzy also said, "Reckless speculation for Spider-Man." Light spoilers. Happy says they're selling Stark Tower. It's got to be sold to Oscorp, right? I like that theory. Yes. I think yes. that's a great theory. It looks like that the Oz, is a great it looks theory. like an Oscorp building for sure. Right? Like if they oh god, if it if we were selling it to Oscorp and then somehow Norman Osborn takes control of uh of Shield after whatever happens with Thanos, like if he becomes like the big guy, then we could get Dark Reign and then eventually Siege. And I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Me too. I'm okay. Uh, let's see. Brian Klein said, or I'm sorry, Brian V. Klein said to us on Facebook, so I'm just getting caught up with the D23 news from Saturday, and while I was excited about the Black Order official announcement, they renamed Black Dwarf as Cull Obsidian and no Supergiant. I know that the MCU doesn't follow the comics, but renaming one of the members of the Black Order as the same name as the group is also known as Cull Obsidian it seems extremely strange. But I'm still super stoked from just reading the descriptions of the footage that was revealed. It blows my mind to think that by this time next year, we will have already seen Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Metal horns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
it's odd that they would call him that. Like, you would think that they would keep a name like Black Dwarf for a massive character because it's funny. <laughs> it's the ironic kind of, like, naming a giant bodyguard tiny, you know? Hmm. Like, it's it's that sort of thing. But I did, I did not hear that they called him Colobsidian. And it makes sense that there's no Supergiant, because Supergiant is, um, like, a telepath. And if they went, like, most of the time when, when Supergiant comes down, they fought, or she fought the X-Men, because um, they had all the telepaths and everything. Uh-huh. But I could see them doing something, like, kind of, because of the way that they, that, you know, the comics to MCU works, I could see them shifting Supergiant's powers into uh, Ebony Maw, and then have Ebony Maw be more of a telepath and, and kind of control Doctor Strange like we were seeing in those pictures, in those set photos. Um, Ebony Maw is supposed to be a, a person who can talk anybody into anything, and I think that they might shift that onto Loki for hmm. Infinity War. Interesting. I don't know enough. I think that's... I, I'm, I don't know enough about the Co-Obsidian or the uh, the the Black Order. The Black Order to to really say much at all, really. <laughs> well, that's that's my theory on it, and I mean, we won't have to wait long. Yeah. To see what happens. Not along at all, as he points out. But in the next year, we've got so much, and he just mentions the movies, and that's not even counting, uh, man. The shows that we're going to get to see between now and then. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. Very it's, excited. It's a very exciting year. And it's only going to get better. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Casey Hancock said to us, Hey, guys. I consider myself a fan of Spider-Man. I watched a few episodes of the classic show growing up. A couple of newer. I read a comic or two. Played the original Xbox game and owned all five movies on DVD. Toby is so cringe. But when I went to watch this latest film, there were characters and concepts that were foreign to me. Listening to your recent casts, I realized that I've been claiming to be a Spider-Fan for years, yet... When really, I know nothing. So here's where I need your help. I want to rewatch the whole MCU. But before each movie, I want to read one comic that the movie is most closely based off. So what should I read for which movie? So, other than the ones That's, that are named for the thing, like Civil War is Civil War. Uh, sort of. Sort of, yeah. But but it's still closely related. I don't know that there is necessarily one book that's most closely related. Um a lot of times, like, the origin stories, you can find, like, a... Like, for Iron Man, for instance, you can find, like, a essential Iron Man book or something like that. Most of these Marvel, uh, they almost always put out, like, an essential whatever. And th- yeah. those are good to read if you just want to know the basics. Like, a, I'm sure there's, like, an essential Spider-Man, essential Iron Man, uh, essential Captain America. Um, and they just kind of give you a rundown. We did that with Iron Fist and Luke Cage. We read a few of those on the cast, actually. Or, well, talked about them on the cast. Um, and so so there's stuff like that. But really, the movies are such departures, with the exception of the origin stories. Uh, they pretty much go their own way. So there's really not anything that, like, uh, I don't know, that you need to know going in, for sure. And uh, pretty much, if you read the comics, which I'm uh, not, definitely not discouraging, uh, but but you just end up like comparing the two. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't compare them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of have to. They're different mediums. You kind of have to compare and contrast, but it's like 
uh, a lot of times they're different. A lot of times they're very different. Um, well, not only that, but the, the these heroes that they're that they're going with, like especially in the origins, like Thor originated in the '60s, Spider Man, you know, same thing. '60s. Most of these characters come from the '60s. The stories that they told back then were so vastly different. Yeah, for sure. From what we're getting now, and that's why I think those essential books are cool sometimes. Uh, also, if you look into uh, like the Ultimates line, a lot of what the MCU is based on, at least yep. in in imagery and some of the basics of the storytelling, are Ultimates based. The Ultimate Universe. So if you look up Ultimate Spider Man and read the first few issues, you'll probably get like a good sense of what this new Spider Man's a little more like. Of course, the Ultimate Spider Man is 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 uh, the new Spider Man, right? Um, well, it transferred. There was there was Peter Parker okay. in Ultimates That's right. for a for a while, and then he eventually died, and uh, Miles Morales took over. Yeah, so and then Spider Verse was a thing, which was crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's see. Carrie McKellar said to us. Hey, new theory I heard on the timeline with Spider Man. Doctor Strange has done something to time. And it will come into play in, in, in Infinity War. Not my theory came from New Rockstar YouTube channel. Also, do you think the Collector will be killed by Thanos in Infinity War since he has the stone he got at the end of one of the Thor movies? Since it has been said at D23, he will be in the movie. Uh, it's possible that he dies. Um, Maybe we I, finally get to see. I wonder, I wonder if he's a fighter. The Collector. I wonder if he has, uh, you know, I wonder if he's like a... You know, oh, it's God, his forte. I bet he's got all kinds of weapons, but I would say more he kind of just would stand up a little bit to Thanos, sure. but then um, Thanos overpowers him because it's Thanos. Or or, or then, make, just makes a trade with him. <laughs> it's like, oh, sure, yeah. sure. I'll get that right, I'll get that right, right out to you. Um, I mean, it, or he's been working for him the whole time because we know for a fact he's tried to get his hands on Infinity Stones and he knows yeah. what they are and he doesn't seem to be trying for ultimate power himself so uh yeah i don't know well he did say at the end of thor the dark world he said one down five to go yeah that's right hmm i don't know i don't know he might i mean it might just be that thanos shows up and he's like here i got this for you yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I got you one of the six you're looking for. Um, there, and the thing about the Doctor Strange theory, uh, I've heard that kicking around a lot on the internet. I don't know if it has much validity or not. Um, I he did mess with time, but it, it, it takes a lot of messing with time to push everything two years back <laughs> or whatever they're doing with yeah. the timeline. So that's strange. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching a lot of uh, the Twelve Monkeys series. Oh yeah, is it good? Here lately, it's it's all right. I love the Twelve Monkeys movie. Uh, it's one of, it's I hear great time I hear it's travel. It's a big movie. departure because I haven't seen the movie. Well, I mean, you know, it's a movie versus a series, so obviously they're going to have a lot of they're going to have to do a lot to fill it out. But um, the I watched the first episode of Twelve Monkeys, the show, and it's very similar. Um, okay. But then, obviously, that the movie just ends. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So, with that being said, like, I've been watching a lot of this, and from that I know, because TV shows always reflect reality, uh, I know that it takes a lot to mess with the timeline. Yeah. It is very difficult to move 
from these fixed points. So Thanos, you know, virus, whatever, it's gonna happen. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Next up, Dirty Tastic said to us on Twitter at MCUcast, we need a Black Widow movie, damn it, <laughs> or better yet, a Netflix show that fleshes out her background and recruitment to Shield. You know, I would be okay with that. I'd be okay with a Netflix series for Black Widow. I want one for Hawkeye because it would be so easy to make one for Hawkeye. Well, it's another it's another Weary. great team up we've got there. Uh, you could kind of you could build this like uh, Hawkeye, I, and I actually think it'd be kind of great to do like a younger like start with like a twelve year old Russian spy Black Widow and tell like the the young life of this like tortured girl, you know? Yeah, I think that would be kind of amazing, and her like. Her trying to be a good uh, a good person, but like being told what to do by you know whatever Hydra or what whoever's in charge at that point. <laughs> Not Hydra. Who, who's the Russian team that we? Uh, it was the KGB. Was it the, oh, was oh, oh, in, uh, uh, Leviathan. Leviathan. Yeah, in 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 uh, not in Asian real Carter. life in the in the show. <laughs> um, well, she was KGB she was agent. in the KGB yeah, yeah, yeah. in the comics. I'd just love to see that happen. I would love to see her, like, transition and her, you know, her getting out of uh, the KGB and joining S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that That just sounds, that sounds awesome. That sounds like it could be it a great series. It does sound series. like a very fun series. I, um, I still want to see, like, a Matt Fraction-style Hawkeye series on Netflix. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, you could do them both and then have them intersect and similarly to what we're talking about with the Marvel Knights and the Defenders. Oh, God. Just have, and obviously, the, you finally get to see what happened and it was it Budapest they talk about? <laughs> yep. You and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> um, uh, Tastic also said to us, Adam, so you cast the latest Vision comic, which is amazingly dark and creepy and awesome. Uh, Vision creates a wife and kids for himself, so they could make Jennifer Connelly that character in a future Vision movie if he and Wanda break up. <laughs> Well, yes, him and Wanda technically aren't together yet, but it does seem like it might be going that way. Ever since, yeah. I mean, and we know it's in the comics, but ever since he picked her up in Age of Ultron and flew her out, and she had that, she had that look oh, yeah. on her face. So, she's like, "Oh my goodness, so romantic, swoon." Uh, and I know, I realize he's only a day old at that point, but the age difference bothers me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like the age difference of the actors. Uh, and then the I guess the age difference the other direction, if I really think about it. <laughs> He's moving around a day. Stop trying to mac on him, Scarlet Witch. She's a cradle robber. <laughs> she is a cradle robber. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he even says, "I was born yesterday." Yeah. He was. See that he doesn't he doesn't know when girls are bad for him because he's so new to the world. I still think. Um, Ultron is in the final scene the final Ultron bot is in the woods and he zaps him with his mind stone uh, it cuts away right there to a really distant shot and you just see like yellow big bright flash big bright yeah. flash I still think that uh, Vision who kind of seems to feel for Ultron might have like captured his programming or something at that point to study yeah, just kind of assimilated yeah him. or like to study or to you know to because he felt for him as a fellow ai or whatever uh but i think it'd be amazing if like when he's destroyed 
or whatever. If if if, if his if the Mind Stone's taken from him, like maybe Ultron still exists in the Mind Stone or something. Like that could be rad. Yeah. Well, in the comics, um, Ultron created Vision with a subroutine to. Uh, always want to subconsciously want to rebuild Ultron, and he kind of accidentally does a couple of times. Oh, really? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That that could that could be perfect. Right? That would yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be neat. Uh, Nerdy Tastic also said to us at MCU Cast, "Are there any storylines or villains you want to see in the upcoming Spidey movies?" I'm good with holding off on any goblins. Yeah, I feel like goblins are have have definitely been told. I want to see Craven. I want to see no, no. More than that, I want to see Mysterio. Mm, yeah, me too. I want to see Mysterio too. I want to see Craven. I also would really like to see Venom, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. I, I think it's too early for Venom. I mean, yeah, just in an upcoming movie, maybe three movies from now. But I'd really like to see a Venom movie. Um, I mean, I like our idea of him going to space for Infinity War, and then like somehow the symbiote tags on. Yeah. And he brings that back later, you know? For sure. And and just have that just kind of slow burn. Yeah. Like, I could see a whole movie where he has the black suit and it doesn't go bad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, that was that's how it happened in the comics. Yeah, it took he got a the while. black suit, and it took a while. Yeah. It took a while of him being like, wow, I'm, I'm being mean. And everybody loved black suit Spider-Man. I was like, look how powerful he is. This is so cool. He looks neat. Um... It's the 90s. We love everything black. <laughs> um, it's dark and neat and gritty. Yeah. And, uh, we're all a bunch of goth kids in the 90s. We really were. Yeah. It was grunge. It was gr- the grunge and goth era. Um, <laughs> we, 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 went, we went to like browns and like pale sort of pastels, and then we just got rid of color altogether. <laughs> Uh, George Lyers said to us on Twitter, Adams, you guys, so much for Spider-Man being number one for four weeks. Missed the mark on that one. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah, that that was me. I said, uh, I could see it. I mean, I didn't say it would happen, but I could see it. <laughs> that was me thinking it was going to hit a billion, and uh, it did not. It did not at all. Yep, yep. Well, I, I was saying, I was saying that those movies coming up were scaring me, and... I was right to be scared because yeah, it happened. There was uh, there was too much good stuff. <laughs> it's too much good. Nothing gold can stay. Uh, Jay Greenwald said to his "No birth of vision I can live with." But how can you deny Yondu's death slash funeral scene? Shwarma, Hulk smash, Fury attacked in the car. Talking about our top yeah, ten scenes. Yeah, top ten episode. scenes. Uh, I, I, if you haven't listened to the Top 10 Scenes episode, that was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It was just a couple weeks ago. I really enjoyed the process of coming up with their Top 10s, um, and we're going to do more of that. Uh, I would... All of those scenes that he mentions here, um, the, 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 the Birth of Vision, Hulk smash, Fury attacking Car, Swarma, I could live without. But he's right about Yondu's death. Yondu's death should have made the list. I yeah. don't know what I would have kicked off to put Yondu's death on there, but man, Yondu's death should have made the list. That really, I mean, like... <sighs> I'm trying to think of where it would have fit into my list, and I, it's hard to say. It is. Uh, there's so many good ones, but that is... I think it should have made my list. That's it's at least honorable mention. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> I love. I love. Uh, which scene do you think he means by Hulk smash? Do you, does he mean? Um, does I Hulk have means... a Hulk smash scene? Does Hulk ever say Hulk smash, or does only? I know yes. Captain America says it once. Yeah, he says it at the end of the Incredible Hulk uh, when he's fighting Abomination. Okay, I know. I know. I know that uh, Captain America says Hulk smash and then hulk grins yeah i think that fits into your um that was one of our top scenes was that that final battle sequence yeah i think that fits into your og avengers yeah battle sequence scene yeah and the fury being attacked in the car was a great action sequence but it really didn't have the the heart that some of the scenes that we were talking about had which again is hard to balance for sure for sure Maybe one day we'll do a most emotional scenes, top ten most emotional MCU scenes or something like that, and then top ten most action-packed scenes. If we do a top ten most emotional scenes, this is the episode where we're both going to just openly weep into the microphone. It's probably true. <laughs> uh, let's see. Wobbly Boots 85 hit us with some feedback. Uh, the scene where Punisher has Burdock chained up to the chimney with the gun taped to his hand is an 11 out of 10. And you know, I was debating on that one. I was debating between that one and the other Punisher scene that I had where he was sitting against the gravestone. Yeah, both of those scenes are masterful, and we really... Want, I, I really wanted to include that rooftop scene, but we didn't. just didn't have the space. Out of ten, I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't fit it on there. Yeah. Just John Bernthal's delivery as the Punisher just all over the place oh my god it's he's so amazing. good he's so good i cannot every wait. single scene he's in i'm a little worried with him having his own series it'll be too much punisher because i think the the amount of punisher <laughs> on season two of daredevil is great i could have used some more but him being the main character of the show it's gonna be tough to watch <laughs> like i don't know no don't no know. it's not he's just such a oh, tragic man. character I was flipping through Netflix, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and I happened to see that on Netflix there is the the um, the Punisher movie with uh, John Travolta as the bad guy. Oh, yeah? And I was just like, oh, it's the bad Punisher movie. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to watch it. Gross. <laughs> I thought about it, though. I thought about watching it. Yeah. Uh, Wobbly Boots 85 also said at MCU cast or the scene where Wilson Fisk is in the interrogation room with Matt Murdock and he beats the shit out of him without a care three exclamation marks yeah that's a that's a great scene too ooh another great scene in the same area is Punisher uh, when they try to murder him on the oh, yeah. cell block Punisher's hallway scene oh my gosh that scene is so good yeah he, just like him just brutally murdering so many prisoners uh, so good. And he gets the like the bloody skull on his on his shirt. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's really good stuff. really great. That is real good stuff. Uh, Wobbly Boots eighty five, I guess, concludes his scene feedback <laughs> at MCU cast airport scene. I think Clint should have fought Vision. He's the most defiant, headstrong, laugh in the face of death character. I don't know that he is that in the movies. Yeah, I don't I don't see him being that in the movies. If you go um, for defiant, headstrong, and laughs in the face of death, I'd go with Tony more than anybody. Um, I don't know about laugh in the face of death, but definitely oh, defiant and headstrong. I think he is I think he laughs in the face of his own death. It's just his his guilt really gets to him in the later movies. 
Um, okay. Okay. But and he does not laugh in the face of cosmic doom coming for everyone, but his own death, he's pretty... Uh, I don't think he... I mean, just the way he, like, treats his own body... Uh, with the with the like poison that's killing him and stuff, he's pretty he's pretty loosey goosey with his own health and safety. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvel Mom said to us, guys, all of my dreams are coming true. Apparently, the Inhumans and Agents of Shield will eventually have a crossover episode. Hashtag Inhumans. Hashtag Marvel SDCC. Hashtag SDCC seventeen. Yeah, that is true. We're very excited. It's exciting. Uh, we we were very upset that they weren't going to cross over, <laughs> especially like being <laughs> the same network. Like, I get it. Sometimes it's hard to coordinate movies and all this stuff, but like, it's not that hard to coordinate networks, um, especially when it's the same network. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, look at what the CW is doing. Say what you will about the quality of those shows, the uh, the crossovers have been pretty flawless. You know, they just get the characters to a place. Like they just say, "Hey, by this episode, you need the character to this place," and then we're just gonna have a big crossover, and it, and it works great. You know, honestly, when uh, when Legends of Tomorrow was becoming a thing, they really didn't even say like get the characters to this kind of spot by this point. Like Arrow just kind of happened to go over there he's like oh, i guess i'll put what i have on pause for a minute yeah and then we'll do totally. this crossover totally yeah the the little like two person crossovers are a little easier to plan i think like the two show crossovers uh, but yeah. they're doing it with four shows and doing it pretty flawlessly i haven't uh, gotten to the invasion yet i'm still working on supergirl oh, episode, yeah. or, sorry season one and i've got like three episodes left in that and so you, close you just don't need to watch supergirl that's the thing it's it's not bad it's not it's not I, bad it's not agents of shield good but it's not I watched, bad i watched a good chunk of it and i just could not get into it i really tried okay. to give it a good college try I'm, I'm i'll probably still watch it but i've watched all of the crossover episodes and just ignored the fact that you know i don't know what else going on on supergirl <laughs> and i get like, it i don't know it, where she's coming from in her life yeah there's nothing really so far out there that i've had at least like like a hard time understanding what's going on I was like, oh that's a bad guy that's a good guy oh they have a thing romantically i got it <laughs> oh he has the thing he has a thing for her of course he does she's supergirl that's fine um <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, spoilers. God. All, All right. right. Ashley said to us at MCU cast, number one MCU scene, Winter Soldier, the causeway all the way to Bucky from the second Winter Soldier jumps on the car. Everyone is pure gold. Yeah, it's a great scene. It's a wonderful scene. Let's see. Next up, uh, Jeffrey the Joker on... Oh, okay. I get it now. On Twitter says... Uh, Hulk talking. Hulk talking is the best. Talking about the Thor Ragnarok trailer number two. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I still I like, don't know how it fits into the MCU though. I'm I'm, I'm like still reserving judgment because it feels a little like the whole whole the whole Thor Ragnarok trailer just feels a little too silly. Just ever so slightly a, too silly. It's a it's a different take on Thor, and it feels. I think it's because it's the third movie for him since it's such a such a different take on on him in general you kind of have this expectation of like this is what a thor movie should feel like and it doesn't feel like that at all sure yeah I because just, the, the I, first two just didn't work as well i i agree uh and I, and I think these might work better 
It might be, it might be a better uh, version of, of Hulk and Thor than we've gotten before, uh, but I still think it's weird to have them drastically change. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's it's continuity, man. It's continuity. <laughs> Which it, maybe they'll have a good reason. It. Maybe, the, you know, maybe, you know, this is how Thor acts when he's in a an arena. He yells about his coworkers. Oh, he thrives on combat. He loves it. Yeah. So that's that's what that is. I I just think that his entire thing is going to be mentally breaking down over losing the hammer. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Superhero ethic. Uh, superhero ethics said to us on Twitter. Hashtag Daredevil and Priest are some of my favorite MCU scenes. I'm a former pastor, and I love seeing Matt wrestle with his faith and his conscience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a uh, I'm a son of a pastor, and so like faith and church has been a big part of my life. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's just really cool for them to treat his faith um, respectfully in in a show about this and in a genre show for them to he's a person he has his faith this is what he believes and they don't make apologies for it they don't make like weird caveats for it they don't make him like he's not even like I used to have faith like he's a faithful guy and I love that they took that from the comics and made it uh, you know part of his character it just, it just it's, it's neat I like it a lot same same um did, you saw the the clip from the first episode of the defenders right um, where he's talking to the pastor there yeah 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 oh, god it just it it keeps it going and it keeps showing how awesome Matt Murdock is as a character and why we love him so much yeah it it really does it's just it's just been awesome uh, Johan Weiren said to us in an email. Oh, he gave us his top ten list. Uh, number ten, Spider-Man car scene. Yeah. Number nine, Iron Man two final battle. Which one? Oh, oh that is a great that was scene. When he had the lasers and he was like duck, and then when uh, yeah, it wasn't Crimson Dynamo. It was when Whip- Whiplash showed up. And it's, they- the, it's the first time we get to see Rhodey in, in battle, and we get a bunch of Iron Man suits. It's just it's like almost proto Ultron. Uh, sort of thing it's real is this really great yep yep uh he said iron man 3 final battle with the um multiple iron man suits and the extremist party protocol yeah house party protocol so good yep uh daredevil season two one shot though the one in the hallway yeah that's great uh by the way we asked everybody if people wanted to send in their top tens we'd mix them together and try to do the same thing we only got two people that sent us full top tens so i didn't think it was really we couldn't really mix them we couldn't really come up with a good sample so uh i just we we got a lot of people sending in like what about this scene you forgot this one scene but uh we didn't really get enough to like make a sample size of the audience or anything but uh, put it in a list yeah send it to my email talk to my assistant uh, let's see. Uh, Johan's number six was Jessica Jones Police Station. Yeah, which it is. you talked about. Um, Avengers Iron Man nuke in space when he Ooh, first yeah. sees that's, and that's an how extension, small he is. That's an extension of a scene we my my top my number one scene, which is that that fight sequence in in Avengers. Yeah, uh, number four is Guardians One: The Dance Off. Yeah, when did, where did that end up on our list? Like three or four? I. I think it was... Was it my number one? It may have been your number one, and I don't know where it was on my list. It's not like we keep records of these things. <laughs> we really didn't keep a record, did we? <laughs> I really don't think we did. I meant to. I meant to. Like, I thought about like copying it and putting it on our 
blog or whatever, but then I was like, no, that'll spoil it. We want it to, yeah, and so I think I just deleted it. That's funny. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, uh, yeah, his his totally. number three is Agents of Shield season one, Fitzsimmons in the Ocean. Ooh, uh, that was that where you was were like, kiss scene. his face. Yeah, I was like, he deserves a mouth kiss. No, she does. She kisses his whole uh, face. She doesn't kiss him on the mouth, and he deserved a kiss on the mouth. That's true. <laughs> yep. Not to actually say that anyone deserves a kiss. I realize it's her, her body is not commodi- c- c- commodified. I'm just being silly. <laughs> <laughs> just need to say but, that. I don't want someone saying that I'm saying he actually deserves her kisses. Obviously, he doesn't. I mean, she thinks he does now, so now he does. Her body is hers, Jeff. Her body you can't is her retroactively own. grant him kiss deservingness. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you can't grandfather him in. <laughs> oh, but she can. It's weird. <clears throat> so, Johan's number two. Let's keep with this list. Uh, Civil War, Civil War airport scene. Yeah, it which is. I agree with. Uh, and his number one is in Civil War, where Tony says he killed my mom. Yeah, uh, that's cool. His top two are Civil War. Yep. Which yep. Uh, that's I a great we, movie. Uh, it's such a great movie. Such a great movie. I uh, said. At the end of it, I feel like the Iron Man 3 final battle is one of the best battle scenes in the MCU, and Fitz explaining his love to Simmons is also heartbreaking. Uh, Eleven would have been Dormammu bargain. Nice. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. He has very similar... uh, We had a lot of the same things on our list, so that's cool. Uh, I think uh, he he likes Iron Man as much as I do, it seems. Yes. It's it's good that we're all on the same page. Yeah. I just like the uh, stuff from Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 because I love both those movies. And they both get some shit. So <laughs> so Jennifer Clayman said to us in an email, Hey guys, love the podcast. You know what? I love making it. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing your top tens and I just wanted to add another of my favorite lines from the Chitauri New York fight scene when Captain says or Cap says to Banner, Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. And Banner says, That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. And then boom, he's the Hulk. So good. Thanks for a great yeah. show, Jen. That uh, that scene uh, and that, that whole conversation about him turning is is so good. And it's just so uh, so wonderfully directed, honestly. That's the thing that gets me about that moment when he's like... He's just like... Wa- the, the, the way the camera is panning as he's just kind of slowly walking toward this humongous Chitauri battleship that's coming at him. They're like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that he's walking. He is sauntering. Yeah, he really is. He's sauntering. He's like, that's my secret, Cap. It's just the, 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 the delivery of Mark Ruffalo and the direction and the camera angles. It just like... It's mind-blowingly good. And any other director I don't think would have done it as well I think that was like a Whedon <laughs> special right there just awesome just awesome uh, All right, I think we got like three or four more emails here a couple of them are long uh, we'll just get through them though because we want to catch up uh, we, we didn't get to get through a lot of stuff last week which is why we have a lot of feedback this week uh, sorry that's cool man it's cool uh, so we're, we're just uh, yeah what does Mike Thomas have to say on our email well, he says, hey guys, long time, first time. I love I'm that he said that's... long time, first time. It's just yep. like the thing that people say on radio shows, and I love it. <laughs> I, think he's he's fir- really... I think he's the first guy to say long time, first time, maybe. Just like long time, first time, not long time listener, first time writer. He's like, long time, first time. 
and now I've completely gotten rid of the whole like brevity of what he was doing. So yeah, the novelty is gone. Let's move on. <laughs> he says, "I really enjoyed the episode on top or bah, the episode on top scenes in the MCU, but it wouldn't be a top ten list if I didn't disagree vehemently with it." <laughs> so here's here's my personal top ten. Uh, number 10, Ant-Man learning about the different ants. The funniest scene in the MCU <laughs> might be when he gets so scared he bursts out of the ground. That's fair. It's a funny scene. Oh, yeah. When he was talking to the, the crazy ant, he's like, you don't seem so crazy. And they swarm him. And yeah. <laughs> he pops out. Gets freaked he's out. Like, that was a lot scarier just a minute ago. <laughs> I, You know, when when he's learning about the different ants, I like that he doesn't learn the names. And uh, and the bullet ants are dropping on the guy when they're in the heist. He's like, Paranamare and Lamaranamare. He's like, I don't know what they're called, but it's going to suck for this guy. <laughs> like, that was probably one of my favorite Ant-Man, <laughs> Ant-Man things. Yeah. Uh, let's see, number nine, Doctor Strange hurtling through the multiverse. You've uh, visually incredible and set the stage for the character. Side note, I want Disney to make a ride of this scene. It can use the technology from Soren or the new Avatar ride at Animal Kingdom. I need this to be a thing. Mm. That would be fun to ride that through. That would be neat. Ride through Doctor Strange's trip. <laughs> the, uh, that would be like the, uh, what is it, the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster. <laughs> How it's just a roller coaster in the dark with a whole bunch of random glowing stuff around. Yeah. That would be so cool. Uh, okay, uh, number eight. The Hydra reveal in Winter Soldier. We complain all the time that the TV shows and movies aren't connected enough, but this scene in the movie drastically changed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. More than that, it's the point where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went from being a horrible show to one of the best on TV. Yeah, that was one of my... That's uh, true. We, we talked about that one last week. That was one of my, uh, my uh, honorable mentions. I just couldn't... As great as that sh- that reveal is, I couldn't f- think of a scene that really like cemented it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no oh. scene that's amazing. It's like I love the reveal and I love how much it changes Agents of Shield. You love the concept of the reveal, yeah. but there's no like the talk with Zola wasn't the one that did it. Yeah, that talk with Zola isn't why I love that reveal. Uh, the reveal is is what happens to the rest of the show and how crazy it gets. It's hard to it's hard to nail it down to one scene, and that's why I ended up leaving that off. I think. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, let's see, number seven, Spider-Man in Civil War uh, instantly became the best Spider-Man on film, and his parts were fantastic. Underoos. So true, so true. Uh, from the moment Queen's flashes on the screen, I was just, like, cheering in the theater. It was amazing. Yep, yep. Uh, number six, Dare, Daredevil hallway scene. I'm assuming he means season one, original. Oh, yeah. It's o- got to. OG, OG. OG <laughs> hallway scene. Yep. Yep. Fair. Uh, let's see. Number five, fight between Cap, Iron Man, and Bucky in Civil War. Ooh. Uh, that would be the he killed my mom part. Yeah. That's that's you know, a, that's in the top like three or four for almost everybody. It's such a great scene. I really liked, uh, just because of what it was, it was the heroes having a tiff before coming together. I like the uh, Iron Man and Thor into Cap and like the, the trio standing together in the forest in Avengers 1. Yeah. I like that scene a lot, but oh, yeah. not top ten worthy. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a good scene. 
Let's see, number four, uh, the group shots of the Avengers in the Avengers 1 and 2. People gasped in the theater when Loki wakes up to see the Avengers hovering over him. And I've rewatched the slow motion scene in Age of Ultron of all of the Avengers fighting the Ultron bots several times, trying to see what exactly everyone is doing. Yeah, I just rewatched that like an hour or two ago uh, before we started recording. That's such a great scene. It is. And, you know, there's so much going on in there. That's so hard to choreograph yeah. and, and get everything right. That's There's a lot of work that goes into that. There's so many great things like that in the in the final Ultron fight. And I, I'm now looking back, I, I do feel bad for Whedon that so many people pan that because, like, it's so good. It's so, so good. It's It's got to be some of the best uh, choreography of, of anything ever. It's just so complicated and interesting, and they're all using their powers in interesting ways. It's just great. I'm looking forward to that sort of thing in um, the Defenders series, too, because, you know, that's going to be a thing. Yeah. Especially no. in hallways. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great if they did a great Avengers hallway scene. <laughs> like, Avengers can't be contained by a hallway. That's the difference between the Defenders and the Avengers. Like, <laughs> you just, like, uh, they blast straight through hallways. <laughs> yep. He just destroys them. Yeah. He being the Hulk. Yeah. Maybe Thor. Thor might blow it Thor, up. Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America busts through it with them with his shield. Like, they all break through hallways all the time. <laughs> they cannot be contained by these human hallways. <laughs> Your mortal passageways are <laughs> no might for me. Yeah. Uh, number three, the dancing intros from Guardians 1 and 2. I can't help but smile whenever I see them. Agreed. Rubber stamp approved. <laughs> Number two, the party in Age of Ultron, followed by Vision picking up the hammer later in the movie. Yeah, that 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 did did, did that did that make the list at all? Mm, that scene, I, I feel think like it, it made your list. It was definitely on my on my lists of possibles. I don't know if it made it onto my final ten, but yeah, that scene when when if, that's my favorite scene of Age of Ultron is when he picks up the hammer. It's the thing that I always think about when I think of Age of Ultron. I'm not sure what I think about when I think of Age of Ultron. Oh, well. Got some great stuff. It does. Um, number one, the Chitauri fight in the Avengers. I will get chills watching that scene every time until the day I die. Keep up the good work, guys. Yay. I think that was one of our tops right there. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, great. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for writing in for the first time and uh, writing in again sometime soon. Uh, Mike? <laughs> I like that he just outright says it wouldn't be a top ten list if I didn't disagree vehemently. Yeah, like that's every top ten list for everybody. I think. Yeah, for sure. I I saw somebody's top ten or top. Or they had they, they had ranked the twelve today when I was doing some research for the cast. I came across somebody's ranking of the twelve, the first twelve Avengers movies, and I disagreed with them so hard, like just so hard. Um, uh, the the ones they had in the very bottom, I just was so mad at it. <laughs> they had Hulk above one of the Iron Mans. I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you mean um, the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, like the yeah, Edward yeah. Norton one. Yeah, above <sighs> above one of the Iron Mans, and I just don't, I just can't can't abide that. No way, no how. <laughs> hmm. 
Uh, let's see. Daniel gave his comment on our blog. He said, hey, guys, Spider-Man Homecoming was so great. A few neat surprises that you didn't mention yet was seeing Pepper Potts again. Uh, do you think Tony was about to have Peter reveal his Spidey identity to the world like in the Civil War comics? Uh, wouldn't he have to if Spider-Man went public because of the Sokovia Accords? I'm not positive about this, but I assume that any enhanced individuals who adhere to the Accords would have to disclose their true identity. Glad that didn't happen, though. Based on uh, based on what we see in Agents of Shield, which you know the connections sometimes are tenuous, but it seems like they don't have to announce their identities to the world, but they do have to give their identities to the government. Yeah, yeah, so, but and that's it, that's still not great because that's basically giving it to the world, right? Because anyone can hack the government, literally anyone. Yeah, I know. I'm I pretty do sure it all the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Ned Leeds is hacking the government right now. Ned Leeds. Who's Ned Leeds? He's the guy in the chair. The guy in the chair? I have no idea what you're talking about. He's Spider-Man's guy in the chair. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Ned Leeds. Got it. Spider-Man's guy in the chair. Uh, Daniel continues, As for an extra movie from the original four Avengers that I'd like to see, I would go with Hulk. How cool would it be to see Ross become Red Hulk and form the Thunderbolts? Have She-Hulk show up and have Banner become Grey Hulk? He could finally have complete control over the Hulk and Hulk could have actual intelligent dialogue. Just imagine the possibilities! This will probably never happen because of the rights issue, but in a perfect world, that's what I would want. Keep it real, guys. Peace. P.S. Do you guys have an email, or is this the only way to leave a longer comment than Twitter allows? Uh, yes, uh, mcucast at gmail.com. I know we always say it at the end of the show, so sometimes people miss it, but yeah, at, at mcucast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and all the places mcucast, or you can call it 573castmcu. I know it's a little early for that, but uh, that's the ways to reach us. <laughs> I, um, I kind of, you know, I, I agree. I would like to see a Hulk movie. Um, I don't know that it would be the the major one that I would want out of all of the original ones, but a Hulk movie is there's so much deep story to tell from the Hulk with, you know, the Red Hulk and She-Hulk, She-Hulk especially. It would be Come neat. On. It would be neat to see multiple kinds of Hulks instead of just the the regular Hulk. I think that might that might tip the scale to make a Hulk movie worth watching. Uh I feel like Hulk works better in a team generally, but I do love Mark Ruffalo's portrayal and so if 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 at all possible I'd love to see one someday. Think if Mark Ruffalo played off of a female gen- who was Jennifer Walters, but was like about as strong as him. That would be fun. That would be so fun. <sighs> anyway, Ashley Coffin said to us in an email, I waited to see what everyone else was going to say about the movie, and I do agree with some. I think this is about Spider-Man. Uh, best Spider-Man Marvel villain? Really? I know the younger people don't love the first two Spider-Man films by Sam Raimi, but to me, they felt more authentic than this. Willem Dafoe, though directed in a cheesy manner, was an amazing Green Goblin. I still feel like the first Spider-Man felt more like a comic Spider-Man movie and paved the way for these new movies, and no one gives it the respect it deserves. I think a lot of people also do not think about Red Skull when they are talking about the best Marvel villains. I enjoyed the action in the story, but I feel like I already knew a ton of it from the trailer. If you went on IMDb, Liz had the same last name as at Tombs, so I was not shocked at all by the reveal. We already knew they were related. Hmm. Cap in Civil War was messing with Spider-Man. The second he was done with it, he destroyed him with his Olympic spider roll. <laughs> I think the chick who plays Olympic Michelle was... Olympic spider re- roll. I really like that at the local sushi restaurant that I go to. 
You just blew it all up. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Continue. <laughs> I, th- I think the chick who plays Michelle was written really bad and overacting. I rolled my eyes every time she was on screen. Keaton was more of an anti-villain. He was just looking out for his family. The end when he said he didn't feel the need to murder Spider-Man when approached by Scorpion. Um, maybe it's my age and style of movies that I love. I like the darker, deeper stories, which is why Civil War blew my mind, because it's it was the first real dip into serious content. I read all of Civil War, and I would assume they're going to end the Civil War storyline at the end of Infinity War 2. Anyone who read Civil War has an idea of what's to come. I know this is negative, but it really was just not my favorite movie of the MCU. I feel like it was built up too much for me, and we were just a little underwhelmed. It's no Guardians, but was much better than the Amazing Spider-Man movies and the Spider-Man 3 Raimi movie. But as far as villains and what Spider-Man is for me, the Raimi one feels more like home. Spoiler, Parker will be wearing the new suit in Infinity War. I have inside scoops. <laughs> what? You have inside scoops? I've heard, uh, I've seen the, uh, that that is the case because we've a lot of us have seen the trailer now. But this was a, a while ago that she wrote that. So if you've got inside scoops, hit us up, Ashley. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we need to talk to your scoops. Um, so yeah, Ashley has a lot of things to say here about Spider Man. Uh, she's pretty negative. Uh, that that may be the most negative review I've heard about Spider Man. But also, Ashley, you seem pretty defensive of the Raimi m- movies, and maybe it's a maybe it's a correction in that direction, like <laughs> a correction in that direction. Sorry, that sounded funny um uh but no i i I agree with a lot of your assessment i like the raimi movies i don't hate them at all for their time i think they were great um and the thing that to me this movie feels like proto spider-man to some degree like it feels like just starting out spider-man which i feel like the the raimi movies did a better job of like this is big time Spider-Man swinging on the skyscrapers and fighting Doc Ock, you know. Um, yeah. This does, yeah. and so I agree with her that this does not feel as much like Spider-Man as it could. But I think they're just kind of holding off on that. Yeah, they're they're taking their time. It's a slow burn. We get the early Spider-Man that we didn't get from the first movie because Tobey Maguire was so damn old when they yeah shot they the kind of had one. to jump him into his twenties real fast. So you didn't question why he was in, why he was in a. High school very long. <laughs> yep. Um, so this younger actor, you know, being as young as he is and looking as young as he is, we get to keep Spider-Man in high school, which was a lot of his story in the comics. Yeah, a lot of the you know most famous stories anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still with her though. I think the Raimi movies are great. I, they were my favorite Marvel movies for a really long time. Probably my favorite comic book movies for a really long time. Spider-Man Two, I just loved when it came out. I remember coming out of that movie and climbing walls like literally. I was like climbing up things outside <laughs> the theater. <laughs> I did the same kind of thing whenever 300 came out. I was just jumping off of everything, trying to cut people's arms off. Yeah, that's no good, man. Don't try to cut people's arms off. Well, you know, it was a thing. It sucks. Uh, she mentions that the that the, the IMDb spoiled the Tombs reveal. That's stupid. That's, that why, is... that's why I don't pay attention to that stuff too much. <laughs> um, I'm glad nobody... I'm so glad nobody ruined that for me. Um I, I don't know that I would say Michael Keaton was the best villain ever, uh, but I do think that he was more well fleshed out than most villains in the MCU. Now, if you're comparing him to the Raimi movies, I do think that Willem Dafoe was more fleshed out 
than a lot of the villains in the MCU. Um, but I, I would still probably prefer Tombs just because it's so over the top. There's there's certain scenes in the original Spider-Man that are almost unforgivably bad, even though they're great. Even though I like the movies, the the scene where they're on the rooftop talking to each other. Dude, that costume of his is unforgivable. Yeah. No, it really is. The the scene where they're on the roof talking to each other in costume is so Power Rangers. Oh, it is. And, and, and it really, it's just it's pre Iron Man, and you got it for its time. It was great, but it's pre Iron Man. And the thing about Iron Man, and the thing about a lot of the early comic book movies, they they hadn't figured out that you have to show the the, the person's face to have them have conversations. You have to allow the person to emote, you know? Um, and it, well, not just that, but, like, it seems like before Iron Man, superhero movies weren't allowed to diverge from the comic books in, like, feeling that over-the-top, super campy way, mm, you know? I don't know about that. I mean, The Dark Knight came out before Iron Man. Did it? Yeah. It did. I think like a, it may have been the same year, but or the year before, but it was right around the same okay. time. And so, well, so, so, Marvel movies couldn't do that then. Even even then, I'd, I'd say there's there, there, there's cases to be made for for some pretty good Marvel movies. I, I even think that uh, Doc Ock was was like the only exception, and that's why he was the best before any MCU movie. It was Doc Ock was. A character that we got to we got to see the entire rise and fall, the whole arc, and that's I mean he's still in my top three as far as villains. Yeah, he's uh, Doc Ock is great. I have nothing bad to say about Doc Ock, um, but but I, I and but I will say Sam Raimi's movies were a little more campy than most, but that's Sam Raimi for you. <laughs> Yeah, like Sam Raimi's a campy director, and I like him for that. Um, but he's but th- this new movie just feels good. It, f- it fits into the MCU really well, and I do like Tombs as a villain, and and calling him an anti-villain or anti-hero. Yes, he is only trying to help his family, but that's the best kind of villains. The villains you can see yourself being, you know, yep. the villains you can the see their side you can identify things. with. Yeah, that's the best kind of villain. Love it. All right, looks like this is our last one. What? Um, yep, Tim Castillo said on uh, on our blog. He commented, "I love this podcast. You guys are great." Thanks. Tim. I have an idea for <laughs> I have an idea for Peter Parker slash Miles Morales, and I thought of it before I saw the movie, so no spoilers are in it because my mind hadn't been exposed to that beautiful screen of magic yet. Anyway, I think it would be cool if one of them, more likely Peter, because it seems he might be older maybe, but either one, was sent to space to be part of the cosmic side of things, as I know there are cosmic stories that feature Spider-Man, and Feige has made it clear that the cosmos are becoming a larger part of the stories down the line. Uh, is he saying he thinks one of them should be sent away, and one should probably one should remain as an Earth-based Spider-Man, so we get both Spider-Men? I guess. Yeah. That's, that's what it looks like. I think that's what he's getting at. I, I uh, That's a fun idea. They, we could get both Spider-Man and that'd be fun uh, but, but you know there's so many things they could do with Peter Parker uh, either you know not be, being Spider-Man more but he could die like they could really do some uh, crazy stuff with Peter what if what if they do the black suit Spider-Man as like the space suit Spider-Man like they they'd make it into a space suit for him yeah and 
he comes back and like Miles is like I used to idolize you but you're so different now and he's like oh yeah it's, it must be the suit and then they have to like work together to try to get the suit off of him but he's slowly changing into Venom and yeah. sort of becomes pseudo Venom it's not gonna happen because the, <sighs> the thing I'm about to say is not gonna happen because it would be way too much story to tell and it'd be really distracting but how cool would it be if like Peter Parker gets the symbiote while he's in space and it doesn't just ride off right on his foot but it's like helps him defeat Thanos like what if the what if the symbiote was kind of the hero of Infinity War and then that power that you just used to defend the galaxy you're like oh of course it's a good thing and and then it turns bad you know what I mean like how cool would it be to have that symbiote kind of be like a hero we just keep talking about the symbiote and I know that they're not even going to have it in the MCU for at least for a while um, because they're trying to do, they're trying to do their own thing. Well, they're trying to establish more of of the Spider Man Rogues Gallery because he's got such a deep, rich history of rogues and and For sure. people to fight against. So yeah. you know, give us we'll give us more of that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I just I wish they I wish Sony wouldn't go and try to make these other movies because one of the major reasons I'm excited about him being part of the canon is that he has such a good rogues gallery that we finally get some villains. Um, one of the other things I was doing I was researching for the cast earlier was tra- realizing that the MCU just doesn't have that many villains in it that are still alive or around, you know. And I want to see the MCU grow really good villains, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a good thing that they didn't kill off Tombs. Oh, absolutely. Um, Tombs, and then as well as Scorpion. Um, yeah. I think both those are going to be great villains for the future. And we don't know much about Scorpion yet, but I know that actor, and he's awesome. So that's great. We've got Red Skull kicking around the universe, and I, I kind of feel like Red, Somewhere. S- Red Skull could return sooner than later with all this cosmic stuff happening with Infinity War. Um, he could hitch a ride back to Earth. You know, there's a f- couple fleets going that way. It seems. Um, yep. <laughs> one of one of one of uh, the uh, Cull Obsidian could have their mask fall off, and it'd be Red Skull. What if he shows up in the Kree Scroll War? Oh, it'd be He's a, the oh, Red Scroll. <laughs> that'd be amazing. The Red Scroll. <laughs> Silly. Um, all right, guys. Well, that was all our feedback. I did want to mention we've been, again, talking to lots of people. Somebody texted, uh feels so bad. Somebody sent us a Twitter message showing that they had 86 downloads of the MCU cast. And so at this point, we have talked to our our hosting service, and they tell us that it is a problem in iTunes. So just to check that, before I uh, try to... No one's going to answer us from iTunes, probably. But before I go on that long quest, if anyone other than iTunes people are having this problem, let me know. Um, so if it's just contained to iTunes, which is their biggest source of download, so I'm not, uh, you know, not happy if it's iTunes. Uh, but if, if it's just iTunes downloading these... Let me know. If somebody else, like on Stitcher or who downloads directly or whatever, if, if they're also getting a bunch of new ones all the time, let us know because this, this is not okay. We're trying to track it down, but our, our, our hosting service says it's not on their end. So we're going to try to figure it out. Um, 
We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you want to hit us up, you can find us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave a voicemail. Um, if you would like to support the show, we do now have a Patreon, and so many people have been supporting us over there. We, I just, it's a... Uh, I'm endlessly happy, uh, and it makes me really, really excited that you guys like the show enough to support. Uh, but check us out at patreon.com slash mcucast. Patreon.com slash mcucast. You throw a few bucks, there's lots of rewards, um, and do that, it'd be awesome. <laughs> it's one of those, like, you like us, you really like us yeah. kind of things. And it, we, we were hoping to do another commissioned episode this week. Uh, if we can't get to this week, we're going to do it, it next week. But uh got a really cool commissioned episode coming out soon. So uh, so, so, if you want to be one of those people commissioning episodes, $3 level will get you the, the commissioner an episode. And you can get added to the queue of people commissioning episodes. So uh, that'd be awesome. Um, thanks, guys. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. We'll talk to you very soon. Until next time, true believers.